This is the Hijacking America Liberty Strikes Back podcast. I'm your host, Joe McHugh, and today we are going to talk about the coronavirus. So let's talk about the coronavirus. First question I have for you is, is it possible? Is it possible that we're being lied to? Has the government ever lied to the people before? Has the government ever lied to you, the listener? They certainly lied to me. And I think that they may be lying to us now as well. Let's look at the evidence. People are talking about trusting the experts and trusting the science. Let's not trust anything but the facts. So let's look at the facts. Here are the facts. Fact number one. If we were going to fake a pandemic, it would be with the coronavirus. Why is that? Well, because COVID-19 is part of the coronavirus family of viruses, which includes cold, flu, and pneumonia. COVID-19 has similar symptoms to cold, flu, and pneumonia, which means that if we can't tell the difference in a test between COVID-19 and cold, flu, and pneumonia, you might just have to categorize it as COVID-19. So that means... So that begs the question, what about the tests? Well, we know already the World Health Organization has even admitted that these PCR tests are faulty. We know that they're faulty. They're scientifically irrelevant. And at the end of your life, if you have cancer or diabetes or any heart disease, any number of maladies, diseases, you tend to get pneumonia. It's pneumonia what takes you out. It's not the actual disease itself. Your lungs fill with fluid and you eventually die. The CARES Act of 2020, Section 3710, provided a 20% booster payment to hospitals for coronavirus cases and treatment, which means... That if you're a doctor or a nurse at a hospital, all you have to do is your job and you do it responsibly and we'll still end up with a pandemic. And this is how it happens. You have no tests that are, tr- that are trustworthy or reliable. You know that you're searching for this mysterious virus which exhibits the same symptoms as cold flu and pneumonia. No reliable test, but you do have a 20% booster payment. Therefore, The responsible and profitable thing to do as a doctor or a nurse is to report the case as a coronavirus case. You don't have to be complicit in any cover-up. You just have to do the responsible and profitable thing, take proper precautions as a doctor or a nurse, and report the case as a coronavirus case. If that information is reported to the media, the media just has to report the news. That's their job, is to report the news. Yes, it's also their job to investigate, but it's their job to report the news. And so, if people simply report the news as it's handed to them, then the media would be led to believe that something is going on, that there's this massive pandemic and all these people are dying. People are dying, sure, but no more than the usual number of people. And they're not dying from mysterious COVID-19. They're dying from the typical heart disease, cancer, diabetes, 
and the pneumonia that you get at the end of the life. Now, I know that this sounds, this may sound a little bit out there, but again, is it possible? Is it possible that we're being lied to? Is it possible? Do we know, do we know that the tests were faulty? We do. We know that for a fact. Do we know that COVID-19 exhibits the same symptoms as cold flu and pneumonia? Yes, we know that they are at least substantially similar. We know that for a fact. Do we know that people tend to die from pneumonia, not from cancer, heart disease, and diabetes, that at the end of your life, your body breaks down and you get pneumonia? Do we know that? Yes, we know that for a fact. And do we know for a fact that Section 3710 of the 2020 CARES Act provides a 20% booster payment to hospitals for cases and treatment? Yes, we know that for a fact. And so if you're in that position as a doctor or a nurse, again, what would you do? Would you take proper precautions? Would you do the responsible and profitable thing? Probably. I know I would. But I would also try to report it to the media that something else is being over, that it's being overblown, that the media is turning this into something that it's not. But the media, again, is just doing their job and reporting the data as it was provided to them. Now, if you're a doctor or a nurse and you want to blow the whistle on this, there's probably thousands of people out there who have attempted to do that. But if they're like me, they're going to have a heck of a time getting through to have the mainstream media cover you. Why is that? Well, because we've also noticed that the government has moved to censor our speech. They call it misinformation. They want to limit the, uh, the variety of opinions and discussions around this other than what they simply want to happen, which is the mainstream narrative of COVID-19. They want to censor our speech. They also want to limit our movement. They tried, to, they tried to prevent us from going overseas to other countries. And at one point, they even attempted to limit the movement between New York and Florida, between states. And if you really want to know more about this, you can read Glenn Beck's book, Agenda 21. It's all about the, it talks all about this stuff. So they wanted to censor our speech and limit our freedom of movement. I believe they also wanted to flatten the economy and condition the, right, the, condition the people to give up our rights and transition us off of the U.S. dollar and onto blockchain money. Now, did the economy suffer during the pandemic, during the lockdowns? Absolutely. That, that's also a fact. And why would that be? Why would they want to do that? Well, the last remaining group of people standing between tyranny, total control by the Federal Reserve and the people who run it, are the entrepreneurial class. And so if you flatten the economy, they'll eventually run out of money and be, or potentially even be incentivized to shut down their business, which... Many entrepreneurs did. They took, the, they took the government buyout, shut down their operations, and who knows where. But if you take out the entrepreneurial class and you take away the business for a year plus, 
then that business shifts to corporations that are controlled by the Federal Reserve. And we've seen that. We've seen the stocks of wealthy people and corporations go through the roof in this pandemic as a result of the trillions of dollars that flowed into the market and into the economy. Which, by the way, we've also seen a 50% increase in housing and in the first year of 2021, which means that because housing is a hedge against inflation, which means we've essentially lost 20 to 50% of our purchasing power in just the last year as a result of this. Which also means that your retirement money, if you had 100K in your retirement account or more, it's worth roughly 50% less at this point in terms of purchasing power. Makes us more subservient and reliant upon the government. That's the why. So is this possible? Again, everything that we've talked about so far is factual, has absolutely happened. And that's not even, that we haven't even gotten to the point about Hollywood knowing about this in advance. There was a 2015 TV show called Last Man on Earth. It was on Fox. And the second screenshot on the show shows that it's set in the year 2020, in parentheses, quote, one year after the virus. So we know for a fact that it was also a planned event. It's a pandemic. So, we know that it was planned. We know that it's likely to be fake. Because if you have faulty tests and you're looking for a virus that, that exhibits the same, the same symptoms or substantially similar to, to cold flu and pneumonia, uh, and, 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 the, and pneumonia is what takes people out, and then you pay doctors and nurses to categorize it in a certain way, that simply needs to be reported to the news, and voila, the politicians have themselves a pandemic. I do not hold accountable the doctors or the nurses for their actions. They were doing the responsible and profitable thing. Uh, they were taking proper precautions. I don't necessarily even hold the media accountable, although a little bit of investigative journalism would have helped in this regard. But they were doing their job and reporting the news as is. So who is responsible? <clears throat> Well, I think that we'd have to look to the policymakers. They're the ones that wrote the policy. The pandemic is a result of the policy. The policy is not a result of the pandemic. The 20% booster created the pandemic. The faulty tests contributed to the creation of the pandemic. The fact that we're basically looking for something that looks like cold flu and pneumonia and then paying the doctors to categorize end-of-life deaths, pneumonia deaths, as potential coronavirus cases. The policy created the pandemic. So it's the policymakers who are on the hook for this. Now, the question is, are the policymakers entrapped or not? It's possible. They may be. They may not be. I don't know. What I do know is that whoever has the money tends to make the rules. And... The Federal Reserve Bank has all the money. They just proved it 
They can print money with a click of a button. Trillions and trillions of dollars. Why would you work for even $15 an hour when they can just click and print trillions of dollars worth of money and, and completely eliminate or, or drastically reduce your spending power overnight? You might work all of your life and then they do that in the future and basically eliminate years and years. If you're retired at 70, they just eliminated 35 years worth of work. 35 years worth. The average person works 42 years. So 21 years worth of work they just eliminated in just the last couple of years as a result of this coronavirus and the money that they printed. So why would anyone go to work? But that's exactly what their objective is. So who is complicit? I think it's the banks. I think it's the intelligence community. I think it's whoever may have been involved in the hijacking of America, which I think unequivocally you can count Bush and Biden among those groups, among those leaders. And you know what? Trump is part of it too. Trump is the one that signed the Coronavirus Act into, into law. So in, in President Trump was campaigning on 12 more years, 12 more years. President Trump put in place the Muslim travel ban. President Biden replaced the Muslim travel ban with a COVID ban. Same policy, new president, same policy. Let's talk a little bit about masks and whether or not this virus even exists. So, in the middle of winter, when it's cold outside, when you step outside... Your nose starts to run. If you're outside for any period of time, your nose starts to run. I want you to think, did you magically catch a virus the moment you stepped outside into, into clean, fresh air, crisp air of winter, of the winter? Probably not. Because viruses, because up until this coronavirus pandemic... Uh, you can go outside and everything's just fine. But now they want us to believe that if we go outside, we're going to get sick and we're going to get sick and die. That's just not the case. So when you go outside in the winter and your nose starts to run, we know it's not a virus. We know that your body is responding to your environment. We also know that if you smoke cigarettes or if you uh, have exposure to asbestos, uh, or you're you know spend too much time in the construction industry with uh, you know dealing with insulation or any number of other materials, that those things tend to cause cancer. And cancer, the medical community supposedly will have you believe that that is related to a virus, but we know for a fact that it's an environmental, it's a bodily response to the environment. Just like your body going out and getting a runny nose. So what happens? How do we explain? How do we explain people getting sick in the middle of winter? It seems like everyone's getting sick and it's spreading from one person to another. That's what it seems like. But is it possible that because everybody is staying indoors in the winter, or if you're in the if you're in the south in the summer, if everyone is staying indoors as a result of the extreme heat and the air conditioning? that maybe we're suffering from indoor air pollution? Is that possible? Because I think it is. Carpets have 
uh, emit toxins, uh, dust and mold and you know bacteria if you don't clean your bathroom. You're going to get sick. And if you spend too much time indoors and your, and your environment is not kept, uh, people are going to get sick. And it may be, it may be even, maybe you keep your house spick and span. If, you're, if, you're, if your vents are not properly cleaned, if you don't replace the, the filter on your furnace when you're supposed to, the air in your house could be making you sick. And that might actually explain why the infrastructure bill became such a big deal. Maybe, maybe what the policymakers want to do is improve the health and wellness of the people by improving the buildings and the homes. And that's a good idea. We should be doing that. But the best way to do that is to say that we need to improve our homes and buildings, not scare people into believing that there's a virus that doesn't exist that is killing us. So if we step outside in the winter and our, our nose runs because it's a response to the environment, and if we get sick in the winter because our house is dirty, it's not as well cleaned as, and kept as we want it to be, maybe we didn't clean the bathroom uh, soon enough. You know, it needs to be cleaned probably at least once a week. And if we don't do that, you know, you're going to have some sort of a mold buildup in the bathroom, which can make you sick. You could have any number of other bacteria that could potentially make you sick if they, if they build up and are out of balance. Uh, you know, so is it possible we're getting sick from our environment? I think it is. So if that's the case, then does the cold virus even exist? I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that it does. But what about pneumonia? Well, if the cold, if you have the cold long enough and it gets and it becomes infected and it gets into your lungs, it becomes pneumonia. So there's no virus that's needed to cause either the cold or pneumonia. It's it's simply uh, a response to your environment. It could be a a toxin. It could be an irritant. It could be an allergen. It could be a variety of things. It could be stress that breaks down your body, that causes your body and your immune system to break down. And you could have a hard time getting these things, excreting these things and getting them out of your system. As a matter of fact, if you look at the PCR test, the PCR test uh, find, looks for particles um, in your bloodstream, I believe. And uh, when there are more particles, uh, it, it, you know, we're told that we're sick. Um, and generally, you know, we may be sick. It's because we're trying to get these, these pollutants out of the body. But it's not a virus. It's not, if you even look at the definition of a virus, you will find that it's derived from the Latin word for it, that, um, well, you'll find that the virus is not alive. It does not replicate on its own. It requires another cell to supposedly reproduce. If a virus is not alive and it can't replicate, what is that? It's a toxin. It's a pollutant. It's an irritant. Is it possible 
That's all I'm asking. Is it possible that these that this is potentially the case? I think it is. As a matter of fact, Louis Pasteur, the the guy who, you know who the reason why we drink pasteurized milk. Louis Pasteur spent his life trying to convince the medical community that there was a such thing as a virus, that it was contagious. The medical community in Pasteur's time was skeptical. They didn't buy into it. They didn't believe it. Eventually, he succeeded, and he is now credited with modern germ theory. But it was upon his death that he said that he was never able to isolate and identify an actual germ. He recanted his entire germ theory on his death, but the medical community still touts that. Now, there's something called Koch's postulates, K-O-C-H, which may be ironic for some of you who, you know, uh, are not a fan of oil and gas, you know that the Koch brothers own that. But nevertheless, I don't know if there's any relation, but Koch's postulates. There's a gentleman named Koch who who came up with these these four rules to identify a germ that may be responsible for contagion. And by the way, if you want to read about this, uh, Dr. Cohen, Thomas Cohen, wrote something called The Contagion Myth. And that's where I'm getting much of my uh, information that I'm sharing with you now, uh, especially about Louis Pasteur and about Koch's postulates. This is stuff that I learned from reading that book. Um, the cold, uh, the cold uh, and the, you know, the CARES Act and everything else, I, I, I was able to deduce that myself. But um, Koch's postulates, this is pretty simple logic. Here's the, here's the logic. Rule number one, there are four rules. Rule number one, sick people must have this virus or bacteria, whatever the pathogen is. Sick people must have it, and uh, and the the healthy people, the healthy population will not have it. Pretty logical. Rule number two, you must be able to separate and identify, identify and separate whatever it is that's causing people to get sick. So if you look at the two and you compare two, you know, the cells and the blood side by side, you should be able to identify what the difference is between the two. Separate that out. Now, once you have that separated, if you introduce that, that into a healthy person, it should be able to make that healthy person sick. If this is indeed a pathogen or a virus or a bacteria or whatever that is responsible for the contagion, you should be able to identify it isolate it, introduce it, and find the similar result that these people are sick. And the medical community has not been able to do that, as far as, I, as far as I've read. The medical community has not been able to do that. They've moved away from Koch's postulates uh, towards something. Uh, following Koch's postulates, they had something called the Rivers Rivers theory, which eliminated the first thing, which is identifying what the difference is between healthy and unhealthy people. Um, and presumably, I mean, the reason why you do that is because if you if it doesn't fit your logic and you need to support the germ theory, you know, you're going to look for, well, how is this possible? Well, sometimes you're looking to justify a theory as opposed to determining whether or not the theory is right or wrong. 
And at this point, the medical community has so much to lose uh, by switching away from this uh, germ theory that, um, you know, people aren't going to want to see it exposed. Um, But the reality of what we really need here is clean air, fresh water, and healthy organic food and a low-stress environment. And if we have those things, then we wouldn't be getting sick. Anyway, so they now operate on something called Bradford Hill Theory. Now, Bradford Hill Theory is a 10-step confusing process, which not all the 10 steps need to be adhered to. And it's, it's, it's generally based on statistical correlation and theoretical causation. But the causation does not have to be proven by experimentation. So is it possible that the Bradford Hill theory is accurate? Yes, absolutely. It's, of course it's possible. Is it also possible that it's not? Yes. It's also possible that this Bradford Hill theory, which, which provides the basis for apparently the majority of medicine today, if this is true, um, is not accurate. Now, we'll find out. If this ever gets any sort of coverage, we'll find out if the medical community says otherwise, that it's not Koch's postulates and it's not Bradford Hill theory, it's something else. Okay, fine. Whatever it is, does it meet the logic of Koch's postulates? Because that logic is sound. Identify the difference between healthy and sick people. Isolate, separate, and reintroduce that difference into healthy people. See if it makes them sick. If it does not, then that's not the cause. That's how you determine causation. That is science. Science is based on logic and observation. That's science. So we know that it was planned. We know how they created it. We also know that it is possible that the cold, the cold virus may not even exist I don't have an explanation for flu. Uh, that may be a bug. It could be a, a, a bacteria. It could be a parasite. I don't know what it is. But we know that bacteria, at least, are known to reproduce. Um, parasites reproduce. Viruses, by definition, do not reproduce. So therefore, it's more likely than not that a virus is actually a pollutant or a toxin or an allergen, all of which are the same. So now let's look at the political effects, right? So we know that they wanted to censor speech. That's with the whole misinformation thing. They wanted to limit movement, and they tried to do it with the Muslim ban. Then they tried to do it with the COVID ban, travel bans. They want to condition the people to to give up our rights. And, you know, people are, are basically arguing over mandating vaccines and mandating masks to protect themselves when it's very possible that there may not be a virus at all. I personally shook hands with thousands of people on the campaign trail. I, I was out there protesting against the COVID, against the lockdowns in Michigan, and I was in Tennessee as part of the Black Lives Matter protests in which there were tens of thousands of people in the streets in tightly packed areas. No big, huge outbreaks after each one of those. I didn't get sick. My parents are still with me. So why, why then 
would we be forced to mask up, lock down, and force vaccinate? And I don't have an answer to that question. It seems like it may be related to taking away our rights. It's possible that it may be related to space in some way, shape, or form in evolution of the human species, some way, shape, or form. How can I say that? Well, I mean, again, going back to President Trump, he called this vaccine and the effort to produce one Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed, the, where does Warp Speed come from? It comes from Star Trek. So, I mean, it could have been Operation Race Car. It could have been any number of things, but he chose something related to space. And if you look at some of the shows that are on TV, again, I'm looking to the media because we know that the media predicted that it was going to be a pandemic. Um, 2015 TV show, Last Man on Earth, showed that it was set in the year 2020, the year after the virus. So if that TV show it can be true, is it possible that other TV shows and books and movies could also be indicative of what is to come? And I think the answer to that is yes. And anyone who's watched The Simpsons would also say yes. Now, there's a show called The 100. And the show is set in the future in which humanity managed to blow up the planet with nuclear weapons and the resulting radiation fallout meant that some people hid underground in a bunker in Colorado and other people went up into a spaceship. Well, that might sound familiar. We know that today we've got people that are buying bunkers and we also know that billionaires are flying off into space. Are they directly related to a potential apocalypse? No, not, not necessarily. That's, that's not necessarily related. Uh, but we know that this show uh, was set in the future, post-apocalyptic, and that uh, being in space subjected the people to increased levels of radiation. And so with those increased levels of radiation, over a few generations, they adjusted and their DNA shifted and, uh, and they were able to handle the radiation better. And so when they sent kids down back to the planet, to planet to, to the Earth, to find out if it was habitable, the kids were actually able to survive down there. And they didn't realize at the time that the radiation was still elevated. But it was. Um, and the evidence was in nature with all the changes, you know, deer running around with two heads and stuff that you would expect to see in you know, around Fukushima in Japan or in, uh, in Russia um, with the uh, Chernobyl meltdown from years, years earlier. So is it possible that it's related to space? Is it possible that we're trying to modify our DNA in order to better handle radiation? I think the answer to that is yes, it is possible. Is it possible that we are uh, bathing the planet in 5G and uh, in, in radiation from that in order to uh, gradually increase the resilience of the human population uh, for increased radiation so that we may join an intergalactic community. I think it's possible. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Star Wars and Star Trek and X-Files and E.T. and a number of other 
you know, alien movie, space, predator, space-based type of, um, type of, uh, you know, entertainment. The entire entertainment genre is based on that. So, so that's it. Those are my thoughts on coronavirus. I don't think it's real. Do you? Is it possible that it, that it may not be real? Is it possible that the government is using this to, to either take away our rights and eliminate representative government or to condition us to take away our, to give up our rights or potentially uh, to evolve humanity so that we may join an intergalactic community or all of the above. Is it possible? I do believe it is possible. I believe all of that is possible. And I believe that it's also true. And I believe that if you take an honest approach to examine the evidence, you'll see that Section 3710 of the CARES Act does indeed provide 20% booster. You'll see that the tests, the PCR tests especially, are faulty and do not provide reliable results. You'll see that people die disproportionately at the end of our lives due to pneumonia and not due to cancer, diabetes, or heart disease, that those become pneumonia and that's how we end up dying. And that if you're paid for cases and treatments, that the responsible and profitable thing to do, the proper precautionary thing to do, would be to categorize those deaths as COVID because you just don't know if the disease is actually there or not. And that's reported to the news. The news reports the news. The next thing you know, the policymakers have themselves a pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, is it possible that this whole coronavirus epidemic has been planned and faked? And I think the answer to that is yes. Is it possible that the entire medical community may be so heavily invested and built on a theory that is faulty and they're heavily invested in maintaining this. Is it possible to preserve billions of dollars of pharmaceutical profits and drug profits? I think the answer to that is yes. Is it possible that we would be better off with clean air, fresh, clean water, healthy, organic food, and work that doesn't stress out the family? Is it possible that we would be better off with housing that doesn't make us sick or food that makes us fat and sick and pharmaceuticals that keep us sick? Is that possible? I think the answer to that is yes. Is it also possible that maybe some medicine and some of the medical innovations are good for us? Yeah, I think that's also possible too. But is it possible that some of the things that the medical community is doing, like the vaccines that the pharmaceutical companies are pushing, um, may not necessarily be in our best interest. They may or they may not be. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm willing to reserve judgment on that until we have more evidence. But I know that I have not had health coverage for about 10 years since I got out of the Marine Corps, up until just last month when I got on Medicaid uh, because I thought that, you know, I had an earache. 
So I wanted to find out what was going on with that. Um, and because my family was concerned that if I got into a car accident, that they wouldn't be able to take care of me. So I got on Medicaid. But for 10 years, I didn't have any major health issues. And I spent a lot of time outdoors. I ate primarily, almost exclusively organic foods. I got a lot of exercise and a lot of good rest. Generally low stress life with the exception of government obstruction, interference, and surveillance as authorized by the Patriot Act and our current president of the United States. Each president, as a matter of fact, but the current president takes credit for the Patriot Act, so he deserves a little special extra credit. Are these things possible? I think they are. And that's all I'm asking. To consider if it's possible. And if it is possible, is it possible that we're being lied to more generally? I think the answer to that is yes. Liberty is clean air, fresh water, healthy organic food, money that retains value over time and is owned by the people, and a constitution that applies evenly to all people at all times, by default and without exception. My name is Joe McHugh. You're an independent candidate. You're 2020 independent candidate for President of the United States to restore liberty in America. Thank you. You know what? <clears throat> and it wouldn't be right for me to publish this episode without covering the topic of force. So let's say it, let's say it is possible that these vaccines are good for us. Somehow they may be preparing us to, you know, be prepared for space. We know that they're not for the we well it's also possible these vaccines have nothing to do with a supposed coronavirus that may or may not even exist. But they may have something to do with modifying our DNA so that we can be more resilient to space, or they may not have anything to do with it all, anything at all. But that exa- that's exactly the reason why it's so important that we not force vaccinate. If the vaccines work, then people have then the vaccinated people have nothing to worry about. If the vaccines don't work, then what is the point of getting vaccinated? There isn't. There's no point at that point. So again, if vaccines work, then the vaccinated people have nothing to worry about. If the vaccines don't work, there's no point in getting vaccinated. And if you and we each each of us has a Second Amendment right to self-defense, which means that if we want to wear a mask, we can wear a mask. If we don't want to wear a mask, we don't have to wear a mask. If we want to use antibiotics or hydroxychloroquine, or if we want to inject ourselves with bleach, like wise President Trump once said, then that is our right to do so. Injecting yourself with bleach is a pretty dumb idea, if you ask me. There may be other things that may be dumb ideas, but we have the right to do those things. The point is that force is not the right approach. Because where a government is limiting and censoring speech and attacking our ability to make an informed decision, how can we trust that government to make the right decision for the people and force it upon us? It blows my mind. And if they wanted us to get vaccinated, why would they force it? Anytime you use force, you get people saying no. 
Voluntary is right is the better way to do it, not by force. Again, if the vaccines work, then the vaccinated have nothing to worry about. The vaccines don't work, and there's no point in getting vaccinated. And if your concern is, well, then it's going to spread amongst the unvaccinated, that is our right to choose if we want to become vaccinated or not. And if this ends up being real in some way, whether it's related to increased radiation or something else, hospitals should have more equipment at this point. They should be better prepared. Although I would argue, I I agree with Dr. Cohen, who argues that ventilators are not the right approach because most people who go on a vent die and that the challenge is not, you know, getting air into the lungs. It's that we need more oxygen. So the last segment, actually, something else that we haven't really talked about is what actually might be happening. Why, like what actually really might be going on? And I think it's related, again, it's related to space and, you know, the there's a podcast that on, uh, on YouTube called Suspicious Observers, and this guy does a really good job. And he covers space weather, and he's documented the, the pole flip and the, the shift in the, in the polar region. So the poles itself, the magnetic poles, have been moving, and they're converging. And apparently this happens every 12,000 years. And if this is indeed true and accurate, then just imagine two magnets on a, on a refrigerator and have them, you know, the positive against the positive and, and force the two together. And you'll know that they'll, you'll notice that they never touch. And what eventually happens if you let them go is that one will flip and so that they have positive and negative connection. So it's, a, it's almost an immediate flip. Well, if the, if the magnetic poles of the planet converge, you can expect a, a, a pole flip and a potential dramatic shift in tectonic plates, uh, which may cause earthquakes and volcanoes and all sorts of stuff. And there is archaeological evidence to suggest that every 12,000 years that we go through one of these pole shift type of catastrophes. And we're apparently due for that right now. And it's also tied to solar activity, um, which, you know, we should be going back into a solar maximum for one more cycle, apparently. And that's next cycle is going to contribute to it. Now, when you go through a pole flip, again, according to suspicious observers, this is not, I'm a finance and logistics professional uh, and an anti-terror force protection professional, not, not a space pro. So I'm getting, so I'm citing other people's work here, but in these in this in this pole flip scenario, you end up having a uh, kind of the planet sheds a part of the atmosphere, and we end up losing some of the oxygen. Now, that may be the concern. Maybe that's the reason why people are being vaccinated. Maybe they're saying, okay, well, if you lose the oxygen, then you go into asphyxiation, and asphyxiation may cause inflammation. It may cause mucus production. It may cause all of the symptoms that we know or that we're being told of 
as COVID-19. The question is, does the vaccine actually help in that case? I don't know the answer to that. It may or may not. Uh, but what we, but if this is the, if this scenario is accurate, what we know for a fact then in this scenario, if this is accurate, is that we'll have less oxygen. Now, what produces oxygen? Plants do. And what do plants eat? Carbon dioxide. So there, there are technologies out there that they're trying to take all the CO2 out of the atmosphere. And that is a horrible idea because if they do that, then they're going to kill all of our plant life. And if you kill the plants, you, you kill us because we require the oxygen that the plants produce and the plants require the carbon dioxide. If, and again, keep in mind that I spent the last six years working on a business to eliminate oil and gas revenue with my company called Earth Loans um, to provide affordable financing for geothermal loans and investments to replace the use of oil and gas in homes and buildings. If this scenario is accurate in which we're going through a pole flip and which, which is going to cause a loss of oxygen in our atmosphere, and the intelligence community likes to plan decades or hundreds of years in advance, isn't it also possible that maybe the reason why we're burning fossil fuels is to increase the atmosphere, strengthen the atmosphere and perhaps pump more CO2 into the atmosphere so that we can stimulate plant production or plant growth. Because maybe they know that we're going to run out of oxygen and the only way to produce more oxygen is to grow more plants. I think that's possible. I think that's possible. And again, I'm opposed to, I have been opposed to oil and gas use. I have been opposed to fracking, especially because it destroys billions of gallons of water uh, and takes it permanently out of the, the consumption cycle. Um, but again, fracking in this scenario would be greasing the skids of the tectonic plates, which we know for a fact, it's been reported in the news, in various in various areas near along fault lines, there have been minor earthquakes. Well, if you have, if you can release the pressure on the tectonic plates with minor earthquakes, as opposed to allowing it to build up into a big one, then we're better off. Then you have less damage. So is it possible that we've been fracking not only to produce the gas, but also, you know, that, and generate the money off of that, but also to grease the tectonic plates so that they move more easily and to get more CO2 into the atmosphere so that we can provide more plant food for, to, so that plants grow and produce more oxygen, so that we strengthen their, our atmosphere, so that we are more likely to survive a pole flip. I think all of that is possible. And that may explain uh, shows like Revolution, which came out in... 2012-2013 time frame in which it showed a post-electric future uh, where there was some sort of a space event and the electricity on the planet just everything just stopped overnight. Uh, there was chaos for a number of weeks uh, and, uh, and eventually everything settled and government collapsed and everything kind of reformed in this dramatically depopulated planet. So, are these things possible? 
I think so too. Also, the the zombie genre, the zombie movies and TV shows. I mean, that's entirely possible too. That that may be part of something else. I mean, if if you are going to depopulate a planet ahead of time in order to reduce the potential chaos that may ensue as a result of a pole flip uh, event, um, a pandemic, you would think would be a good way to do that. And if that doesn't work, then you know, it's also possible that infertility may be used as a weapon. I don't know. Uh, you know, these are all these are all questions that that need to be answered. And I think that's what's really most important is that we ask these questions: Is it possible? And if the answer is yes, then we investigate until we find out if it's true or not. Again, liberty, liberty is clean air, fresh water, healthy organic food, money that grows, money, money that grows on trees, money that is owned by the people and holds value over time. Liberty is clean air, fresh water, healthy organic food, money that holds value over time and is owned by the people and a constitution that applies evenly to all people at all times by default and without exception. Thank you. Have a good night.